to Mike Jagger's podcast with Dan and Emily. Today we've got a good show for you. We're going to start with some what the fuck and exciting news, hit some birthday memories, and hit up Urban Dictionary after some Hallmark movies. I don't know if it's going to be a good show, but we're going to try. Look, I'm trying to make it better for people. Like, it's a good show. Fuck you, Dan. We'll find out afterwards. <laughs> Let us know on Facebook. Was it a good show? Or did Emily lie to you? (laughs) She's a lying ginger. Okay. So, you ready to get on some exciting news? Yeah. What do you got? So, I don't know if it's like exciting. It's kind of hilarious to me. But there's a company out there that makes cardboard tanks to help your cat conquer the world. I would get Bronx one of these. Yeah, they're pretty cool. I actually went further down in the article, and they had a cat DJ turntable that I'm pretty sure I've sent to you before. (laughs) I'm just looking at these pictures right now, and I think like my favorite one is that there's this black cat that just is sitting in it, wide-eyed, just barely peeking out over it. Yeah, the genius of the design is that their heads just barely peek out the top of the tank, and it looks like they're like a tank gunner. I really need to get one of these for Bronx. But my other thing, well, really, that was all my exciting news. Okay. So this has been a big week for movie trailers. I've been super excited. They came out with Black Widow, Mulan, and just before we came in to record, Wonder Woman 1984. It's good. They all look good to different degrees. Black Widow... I'm not sold on the movie, but it looks as good as any other Marvel movie, so I'll see it on those grounds. A bad Marvel movie is better than most movies. And Mulan, I haven't seen the original movie since probably right when it came out, so I can't really compare it to like how similar it looks. Do you know how long that was? It's been a while. <laughs> Dan, that's been 22 years ago. Yeah, I know. I watched it the other day because, actually, I didn't watch it. I turned it on. Saw up to the part where she leaves her family for the military, passed the fuck out, woke up to the credits. <laughs> nice. Wonder Woman just looks amazing. That trailer was good. Of the newer DC movies, Wonder Woman's pretty much the only one that I've liked and I'm looking forward to the sequel. All of these movies, it looks like 2020 is going to be a year of badass women. That's right. Rumor has it that there's going to be a new Birds of Prey trailer soon. Oh. I cannot wait for that either. 2020 year of the women, bitches. The- also, it's going to be the roaring 20s for all you seen kids out there. Don't look at me like that. I have no idea what you're talking about, but okay. What? Roaring 20s? Like R-A-W-R, rar, X-D, like, Okay. Whatever. (laughs) Whoever's out there listening that knows what I'm talking about, you're the real winners. The trailer that I'm most excited about, and probably means nothing to you, the new James Bond, No Time to Die. It actually looks really good. I am excited for more Daniel Craig James Bond, even though it's going to be his last. They brought back the villain from the last one, Christoph Waltz. I'll watch him in anything. And the new villain, Rami Malek. For real? Yes. He looks amazing. I don't know what's up with his character. Like, it's pretty hush-hush. He could be one of the classic Bond villains. He kind of looks like Dr. No. He looks badass. And I've been a fan of Rami Malek for like 10 years since he was getting just bit parts in like TV sitcoms. It's really cool to see him having the success, especially after Bohemian Rhapsody. Did you ever watch any of Mr. Robot? No, I need to. It's one of those things I'm... The series has gone long enough. I don't know if I can bring myself to sit through the whole thing now. I don't even know where to find it to watch it. I think it's on Amazon. Oh, that'd be awesome. Speaking of Amazon, I started The Boys. Oh, yeah? Mikey finished the first season. They've released, I think, a trailer for season two. Yeah. But I started it, and I sat there and watched it, and I'm like, it was good, but I also sat there thinking, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, that's one of those shows you watch it, and you're like, this is awesome, but what the fuck am I watching? It very, I mean, it really threw me off just how I was told about parts and stuff like it gets pretty fucking just, there's just no filter on that show at all. Yeah. And I love it. They walk a really good fine line of funny parts and like making fun of superheroes, but there's also some really good drama and disturbing scenes. It kind of retreads some of the same territory that the Watchmen comic and movie covered with just 
taking a different look at superheroes and I've never seen Watchmen, but is it on Amazon or is it like an HBO exclusive? Well, I'm talking about the movie. I haven't seen the movie. I know. Show. I haven't seen the movie. Uh, it's probably on Amazon. Because it's one of the movies that I've been wanting to watch. Like, I know that it wasn't the best to a lot of people, but, like, I've wanted to see it for a long time. I'm one of the few people that thinks the movie Watchmen's better than the comic. The changes they made were for the better, I feel. Also, My Chemical Romance made a song for yes. the Watchmen movie, so. But The Boys, it does it in a way that's more humorous and. I just can't wait for the second season. But yeah, that's all I have for exciting stuff. It's just a big week of trailers. I'm glad you brought up the boys because I almost forgot that one. Mm-hmm. I'm actually pretty excited. I've wanted to watch it for a while. So I'm really glad that Mikey decided to stay up all night and binge watch the entire eight episodes. Yeah, you're going to get to the end of the season and just be like, what the fuck? All right, let's jump into what the fuck news. My first two stories are, I'm going to put them together. These are both from England. The first headline is Man Accused of Using Injured Seagull in Attack. And the second headline is Man Allegedly Damaged Cars by Throwing Ferrets at Them. (laughs) And in that one, it was two live ferrets and he damaged over a dozen vehicles. With the same two ferrets? Yes. He was throwing a box at cars and there was two live ferrets in the box. It doesn't make sense. So it's I'm not going to be bothered trying to. Was the man on drugs? It didn't say. Neither of these articles were, had enough details to explain why they were using live animals as weapons. But England, we need to talk. Animals are not weapons. What's your first one? This one just makes me absolutely angry for no goddamn reason. So the headline reads, appealing offer, question mark, duct tape banana works selling for $120,000 at Art Basel, Miami Beach this week. So not only did the original sell, but number two and three edition also sold with more in the works. It's a fucking banana duct tape to a wall. It's not even a reproduction of a banana. It's not a banana he grew. He just went to a grocery store in Miami and bought bananas. This is literally so stupid. Like, not to hate. I love the arts. But this just makes me so angry. It (laughs) took zero effort. No, and you should see the stupid picture of him, too. (laughs) It's literally a picture of him holding two glass objects. It's a cup turned upside down, and he's making this stupid fucking face. So-called art like that pisses me off. Oh, one of his most popular artworks is an 18-karat gold toilet valued at $6 million. Yeah, didn't he tile that piece America or something like that? Oh, yes. The functioning toilet titled America. I'll give credit to this guy. I mean, he's an incredible salesman if he can sell people on the idea that this shit is art, but it's not. But, like, I know I've, I'm not the best artist, but I could do something. Like... It makes me so mad that that a banana, one, is going to fucking rot. Yeah. Two, I could do something better than that and I'll get paid nothing. So how much thought do you think he put into the display? Do you think when he ripped off a strip of duct tape, he looked at it and he's like, no, that didn't rip straight enough. I got to get a second piece. I bet he spent an entire six months planning this. Apparently 15 years, though. Yeah, apparently he's been trying to figure out something to do with a banana for a long time because he's been everywhere he goes, he buys a banana and just looks at it for inspiration to try to figure out what he can do with it. It's almost cartoony where he goes places and bananas just pop up everywhere. Like his subconscious is like bananas, 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 duct tape it to a wall. Or if it's some kind of Freudian thing. (laughs) Hey, I love Freud. He's just got some phallic fixation on bananas. To each their own? My next story. It's still what the fuck, but it's a little more serious. More sober drivers are being arrested for DUI in Phoenix. So, here's the whole story. This police officer, David Morris, he's certified as a drug recognition expert. He has arrested at least nine people who were either under the limit or had no detectable drugs or alcohol in their system, and then the charges get dropped, or I guess they never actually get filed because they get released. And the people that are talking to the local news, the stories they're giving are just ridiculous. Like, for a certified 
expert, he's really drawing some. Sounds like somebody wasn't hitting their numbers. Well, this guy's putting in a lot of arrests, and it looks like just some of them are coming up bad. One woman, he pulled her over for a traffic violation, but when he looked at her, he noticed tremors in her eyelids. Yeah, her eyelids were just moving too much for him, and he became convinced that she was on at least marijuana, but he was certain it was something harder. Let me just tell you, when you're on the marijuana, your eyes are not tremoring. They're just going <laughs> to be really fucking- They're going to be a little droopy. Another guy got pulled over, and this officer told the guy to get out and do the heel-toe test, and the guy told him he couldn't do it. Because he has a disability, so he just didn't have the stability to do it under any circumstances. And then the officer arrested him and asked him if he was on anything. The guy said, well, the only thing I'd take is heartburn pills. And the officer told him, well, that'll do it. Yeah, his heartburn pills are impairing his ability to drive, apparently. The weird thing, none of these stories seem to mention anything about them being given breathalyzers. He just does a field sobriety test, has them walk a line, whatever. And then they take him back to the jail and give them a blood test, and then they come up negative. And they're like, okay, I guess we gotta let you go. And they interviewed one of his superiors. He was a detective in Phoenix, but he's also the Arizona statewide coordinator for drug recognition. And his response was, just because the blood test came back negative doesn't mean they weren't on anything. And What? Yeah. And his quote is, a clear tox does not necessarily exonerate a person beyond any shadow of a doubt. And he's saying the officer got it right. It's just they didn't test for the right stuff in the blood test. If you're running a blood test, you're running every possibility. Yeah. He's like, oh, they're only testing for the most common drugs. They're not testing for antibiotics and stuff. No, a blood test will show anything that is currently in your system at that time. But his quote really pissed me off that it doesn't exonerate a person beyond a shadow of a doubt. That's not how the system works. You don't have to prove innocence. You have to prove guilt. How do these people get the jobs that they have? Yeah, that one, it really pissed me off and disturbed me that he's a statewide position teaching other people to recognize this stuff. Ruin people's lives? Yeah, that's which that's a whole other issue, publishing just charges like that. Because people don't remember when charges get dropped. They remember when the accusations come up in the paper and you see, like, at least in our local papers, somebody gets pulled over, it goes in the paper. Everybody knows, hey, they got arrested for DUI. Mm -hmm. They don't publish, you know, the next week, oh, those charges got dropped. No, they don't. Yeah, it's damaging to people's reputations and this guy's inability to even recognize that there could be a problem with this is just disappointing. Well, we've got another kind of topic that we should that we've both kind of wanted to talk about, and it came up in the news a couple days ago. On December 5th, an article came out that George Zimmerman, the man accused of killing Trayvon Martin, has sued the family and some other people for $100 million in basically damages. To me, it's a little fucked up. Well, did you see what he's accusing them of, though? Because that is a little fucked up. I did. I can't exactly remember everything, but I know that it was quite the list. Well, the biggest thing that I took away from it was a witness that testified against George Zimmerman wasn't the actual witness. They got her as a stand-in for the actual person that was the witness who didn't want to testify. At least this is what he's alleging. If that actually did happen, and he's saying the family and their attorney and the prosecutors all conspired to do this. That is a very serious allegation, and somebody should be punished, because that is very clear prosecutorial misconduct. Yeah. It's just one of those things, too, that the lawyer that's helping him do this, Larry Clayman, is notorious to an extent about pushing hoax allegations. Yeah, he, he had some kind of court case he filed because he was supporting the obama birther he was the one that put that into motion so i don't know what is true and what is not true in this case because it's one of those things i haven't thought about since it happened george zimmerman's a piece of work he's had other legal issues before and after 
there's been multiple things he's been arrested for, especially after two about domestic violence multiple times. He and- auctioned off the gun. Yeah, I read that and I was like, what? Who would buy that? That's fucked up in itself. Yeah, it's when you look at the headline, it looks like he's just suing the family. I get that that's a bad look. I have no problem with him bringing up these allegations and doing something about it. I really don't think he deserves to make $100 million off of a case where ultimately he was acquitted anyway. And it's not disputed that he killed somebody. He did kill Trayvon Martin. It's just a matter of whether it was murder or not. And according to the law, it wasn't. He's still not making himself look better. He's still making himself look like an ass. Yeah, I think the classier thing to do would have been to file like an official complaint with the state bar or something along those lines rather than... This guy just seems to want to get himself in the news. Like, it's weird. He seems to enjoy being infamous. He's not famous. He's He killed somebody, so I yeah. guess he's infamous. He needs to just fade into the background. It's not a good way to do this and. There should have been another way he could have gone around, like, knowing him, he probably wouldn't do it, but there's another way he could have done it. Well, it's entirely possible that he did file complaints and they got ignored. I could see it being swept aside because people didn't want the bad press of going after the family or anything. I wish he'd just disappear and take the win that he got in court. Leave the family alone. I do have one more thing that I just found out. Okay. Carol Spinney. Oh, the yes. Big Bird actor passed away today. How yeah. sad's that? You're welcome for all the sad news today. Yeah, I told you it wasn't going to be a good episode. <laughs> so, in other exciting news, it's my fucking birthday week, y'all. Oh, is it? <laughs> oh, is it? So, <laughs> by the time you guys listen to this, my birthday will be literally just passed. So, we're going to share some birthday memories. Since this is in honor of your birthday, why don't you start? I was expecting you to say, why don't I just start? <laughs> because that would be a you thing to do. That is. <laughs> so one of my favorite birthday memories is in the next town over, we used to have a skating rink and I'd have a lot of my birthday parties there. And it was so much freaking fun to go rollerblading for my freaking birthday. And now it's a gun range. Really? <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Weird, right? Yeah. What's your first one? Uh, um, most of my memories are just toys I got. My earliest birthday memory is kindergarten. It was the same year that the Hook Peter Pan movie came out. And I was just in love with that movie and I wanted all the toys. I got for my birthday this raft toy that all the Lost Boys used to attack the pirates in the movie. And it had like a catapult and stuff on it. and. Give my dog some attention. <laughs> Scotty's over here whining at me while I'm just trying to talk about birthday memories. That is really cool, though. It had a like a working catapult. It was like a kind of like a plank, like mm. you would see on a ship. But you'd put, I think, one of the Lost Boys on it, and then like just flip the other end of it and launch them through the air. That's really cool. Yeah, it was really cool. They had some really cool toys for that line. Got another one. See, I honestly don't remember a whole lot of like toys that I got for my birthday because my birthday is so close to Christmas. Yeah, I that, can see that. I mean, when I was a kid, I got presents. But, you know, as you got older, it's like you can have one and the rest you're getting on Christmas. So one of my other things is I do a family dinner every year. I tell my mom I want pizza and birthday cake. We just hang out. That's cool. Especially in the last couple of years with like my parents splitting. It's just been like me and my mom and family dinner, pizza and some fucking ice cream cake. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, my only other really big one was, I don't even know what year it was. It was like a few years before the Star Wars prequels came out. I got a Boba Fett ship from the movies and like a little Han Solo and Carbonite. That was a really cool toy. That is That does sound really, really cool. It, like I had a ramp that lowered and like you could put Boba Fett inside the cockpit and raise him up and he'd show up in this little window up top. It, like, Yeah, it was a really cool toy. My last one is every year of my birthday when I was little, I wished it would snow. I love snow. And when you think of December, you think of it's winter. I think it's only snowed on my birthday about two or three times my entire life. And I've never been happier. I fucking love snow. And I know a lot of people are going to give me flack on that because no, it's so cold. We want sunshine. You don't understand how exciting it is to see snow on your birthday, though. 
Yeah, I don't think it's ever snowed on my birthday. Because it's mostly impossible. It's not impossible, it's, it's but- It's highly improbable to snow in April. I don't know. I'm sure that, I mean, it has snowed in April before. Yeah, it's about, just less likely. About 70 years ago, but- Scotty, Jesus, she hasn't stopped licking me. <laughs> yeah, that's her thing. Yeah. So, in other news, me and Scotty are engaged. <laughs> Did you, dog did, you loves Im- me. did you imprint on my dog? I feel like I might have. She she likes me a lot. But uh, <laughs> you mentioned ice cream cake. I did. So your perfect birthday dessert. Is it ice cream cake or? Pretty much. Like I love ice cream cake. I am one of those people. I will eat ice cream in negative degree weather. Like I love it so much. It doesn't love me. Yeah. But I love it. Yeah, Ice cream cake is pretty great. I went through, it was probably 10 years at least, where every year for my birthday, I wanted cheesecake instead of cake. Cheesecake is also fucking bomb because my grandma is still around and she home makes that. Yeah. Lately, if I want a birthday cake, I don't know what it is, but there's just something so homey about your basic yellow cake with chocolate icing. Mm. I just, I don't know. It just makes me feel at home. I think Scotty agrees with you. A few people can hear her. She's probably munching her cooter right now. Jesus. <laughs> At least she stopped licking me. <laughs> My other, for years and years, because I don't know. Okay, Jesus. I stopped petting her and she starts whining. For years and years, because there's multiple December birthdays in my family. We get together on Christmas, and it'd be me and my aunt, and her husband also has a birthday in December. We get red velvet cake, or we, it's called Astoria cake in our family. My grandma hand home makes it and the cream cheese icing all by scratch. Ooh. Yeah, so good. And it's about, it's about, she does three round pans, so it's six layers. Red velvet's pretty good. I could go on and on about cake because, like, Texas sheet cake, chef kiss. Mm. German chocolate cake. Chef kiss. Okay, so one of these days, I'm going to invest in a soundboard where I can just push a button and play sound effects. One of them is just going to be Emily going, yeah. And another one's just going to be chef kiss. Yes. Yeah. As somebody who listens to hours of audio a week just to get this edited, I pick up on these things. There's a lot of chef kiss. There's a lot of chef kiss. That's going to be the name of our spinoff series. Just Chef Kiss. Chef Kiss. Oh my God, let's do it because we could just sit and talk. I could sit and talk for hours about food. Chef Kiss. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, you mentioned how your birthday is so close to the Christmas. Let's just go right into talking about holiday stuff. So we're going to take this time and make some people very, very angry. Just in general, holiday movies are a mixed bag. They're either great or they're the same repetitive shit over and over. One movie that I could not stand, though, one, A Christmas Story, but that's for another time. Uh, no, let's- Th- Let's- That movie's shit. There's no reason for it to be on 24 hours straight on Christmas. It's- Fuck that movie. It's not that funny. No, it's, it's not. And I don't understand the appeal of the decorations people have, the shirts. My aunt wears a Christmas story shirt to every Christmas. The same one. Every Christmas. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't either. And of course, I like football. I'd rather go watch some football because there's two games on on Christmas. I don't fucking want to watch a Christmas story. Mm-mm. Nope. Not happen. <laughs> there's apparently a sequel that I've never seen, but I... You couldn't pay me enough to watch it. No, fuck that movie. Speaking of shitty movies, it's the time of year where you get the horrible Hallmark romance movies. That are literally the same actors, the same concept, just a different title. In preparation for this episode, I was just looking at just the whole offering of Hallmark Christmas movies. It's definitely where actresses go... When their career either isn't taking off or it's petered out. I'm pretty sure every female that's ever appeared on Full House except for Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen have been in Hallmark Christmas movies. I don't understand the appeal to those either. My mom fucking loves them. And the fact that they start 
before Thanksgiving as well. And what they said Lifetime was producing 50 new Christmas movies. It was a fuck ton of brand new Christmas movies. All the same goddamn concept. (laughs) But it was starting like November 15th or something. It started and it goes all the way through Christmas. Like eight movies a day. (laughs) What always pisses me off about these movies is they're supposed to be so wholesome and... I mean, they're Hallmark movies, so they're going to be very G-rated and saccharine sweet. But all these people, quote-unquote, fall in love over the space of a few days. That's not falling in love. That's falling in lust. All these Hallmark movies aren't about people falling in love. They're just about people trying to fuck. I just, like I said, I don't understand the appeal because it's literally the same movie. And I feel like it glorifies somebody's hardships. Like, my life is, I'm pretty thin, I've got beautiful blonde hair, my life sucks so bad, I need a rich, handsome man to come steal me away. Even if they're supposed to be, you know, one of them is wealthier and the other's your average person, the way their life is portrayed, they're like upper middle class. (laughs) They're not anywhere near the poverty line. I hate them so much. Since we hate them so much. We're gonna make our own. Yeah. I sat down and thought, okay, what do we need to have to just come up with our own shitty Hallmark movie? What are the elements? What I've got is we need two characters. One of them's usually urban. One of them's from a small town. It's got to be in a small town. And it's a small town that is obsessed with Christmas more than any town should be. Like, you would think they lived at the North Pole. There's some conflict that sets the man and the woman apart like they're on opposite sides of a business deal or one of them's in town to make fun of the christmas celebrations it's always something weird like that where it's just a contrived putting them at opposite ends of the spectrum and they just have to come together and then of course they there's like a montage of dates where they get to know each other through weird holiday traditions and then one of the two Their ex comes back and ruins everything, thinking that one or the other is leaving them, and then comes back in a blaze of glory. Okay, so what are our characters? All right, female character, Darla. Darla, okay. First name that popped up in my head. She's 27. She works as a manager in a retail store. Okay. During the holidays, especially. Her dream... Hmm... What should her dream be? She's up for a promotion. She wants to get ahead in her career. If she can pull off this big holiday season, she's going to become district manager. Okay. The guy, since she's a retail manager, the guy should be the lovable scoundrel that's the head of a shoplifting ring. Okay. And they're all grifters. They come into town and their whole thing is they're going to scam everybody in town, every store, and try to get away with whatever they can. Also, he's like ripped to pieces, 6'3", hot, dark hair, piercing blue eyes. All right. So what's, his, what's his name? Ooh, Keith. Perfect. Keith and Darla. Love it. Shut kiss. <laughs> okay, so his objective is to just steal everything in sight. And she can't have that because she needs that promotion. <laughs> so I can just picture her right now and some like ninja shit like pops out of nowhere like, you fucking stealing that? Oh, I'm, this whole movie is coming together in my head right now. Go of, for it. Okay. This is how they meet. He's in the store casing the place and she's a good manager. She's like, this guy's been in a while. He's wandering around just looking. He's, he hasn't picked up anything. He's probably a shoplifter. So she goes to talk to him, and he starts working his charm. She's like, okay, I'm going to put her at ease, start giving her this sad sack story of like, I'm in town for the holidays to visit family, and my dying aunt needs me around for this one last Christmas, and I'm just trying to find the best gift for her. I don't know what I could possibly give. And then she takes upon him, oh, that's a really sad story. I need to help you find a great gift, because she cares. She's a caring person she wants to help somebody find a great gift for their dying aunt but it also gets her the sales you know so yeah 
What kind of gift does she <laughs> convince him to buy? It needs to be something that really helps her sales. Hmm. Well, let's get her a sweater. Okay. This high-end, beautiful maroon sweater that's soft and cozy and just feels like a million hugs. I like it. She finds this nice, expensive sweater. He did not come in there playing actually buy anything. She was like, you know what? I don't want her to see it. Can you set this aside and I'll be back for it later today to pick it up? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we can do that. And then he never comes back. Or he's, he's planning to never come back. But he has to finish casing the place, so he tries to come back and she sees him again. But is he casing the place or did he just want to see her again? Mm, maybe a bit of both. That's how these stories work. They use their business as an excuse to see each other. So he continues to case the place, but he can't. He won't lose sight of her. All eyes on her. One, to make sure she doesn't see him. And two, so he can just stare at this beautiful young woman. And he's still not getting his casing of the place done because he's so distracted. And she sees him looking at her. She's like, oh, good looking guy. He's taking notice of me. How's it move on from there? She has to approach him and puts him in an awkward position again. So she comes up to him and she goes, oh, did you come back for the sweater? We still have it up here for you. And I made sure that they didn't put it back because I knew you would come back. Uh, yeah. So they make some small talk. She asks him where he's from, like where he lives now. Okay. What, um, if he's back in town and his family lives here, where does he live now? Man, what's he going to tell her? I don't. He's from Philly. Okay. Oh, me too. My family. <laughs> <laughs> How ironic would that be? <laughs> that would be great if he's actually from Philly. And then he just, he tells her that because there's no reason not to. And then she's like, yeah, we're from Philly too. We moved here, but we still love Philadelphia. We try to keep a little bit of home with us. Um, you know, actually tonight we're doing our usual Christmas tradition of our holiday cheesesteaks. I was literally thinking light the cheesesteak candles. Okay, that's the next step of every Hallmark movie is they start falling in love through these Sometimes weird, sometimes not so weird holiday traditions, but they're events to get together, and this is this movie's weird one, the cheesesteak party. So, how long has he lived in Philly, then? Well, he grew up in Philly, but he's moved on, because he's just this grifter, he's passing through, he doesn't have any real roots, but home is Philly. Okay. So, she invites him to, he's homesick. Why don't you come have dinner with my family? It's by offer to you so that you still have a piece of home back here. I like it. And and her dad makes a fucking mean cheesesteak. Yeah. And it's got like red and green peppers on it for the Christmas season. Mm. And Homemade rolls. Yes. He gets there. He's like, they're having a good time. It, it actually does remind him of home. And you see him kind of softening up. And he's like, yeah, these are good people and then he offers to help with the dishes and he's pocketing some silverware <laughs> i was wondering if he would take something there oh no it's a family heirloom like some priceless pocket watch like expensive pocket watch that's just Where, sitting on where's the, desk. the bathroom mm. where's the bathroom and as he sneaks past like as he goes to the bathroom he passes a den yeah and there is a little pocket watch grandpa's pocket watch yeah just pure gold or silver. It's priceless. And he, he nicks it. But he doesn't pawn it. He hangs on to uh, it. He hangs on to it. He's like, this is a cool watch. I might keep it. And maybe he starts wearing it. She's digging him. So she invites him out on another date. And he's still in town for his crime syndicate. <laughs> <laughs> they got other jobs to do. And they still haven't robbed her place. What are they going to do the next night for their date? The most basic thing you can do. Wait. Ice skating? Okay, ice skating. But what were you going to say? I was going to say sledding, but there's no snow. <laughs> <laughs> they just find a hill and sled down grass. No, no they go to the outside roll, uh, skating rink, yeah. and then it starts to snow. The first snow of the season. Yes. 
they're skating. She starts to fall. She falls into his arms. The snow. Look at each other. Yeah. The lights are lit up. There's decorations everywhere. There's a huge Christmas tree off to the side. And they almost kiss. She's- Some kid plows into them. Well, no, I was thinking oh. somebody from his crime ring- Sees them. Sees them. And they interrupts. lock eyes. They lock eyes. Like he's up on the hill over by the tree, and he just happens to look up at the right moment, and he's just like, "Sorry, <laughs> you guys can't see that. <laughs> I did the um, I I'm watching you, you yeah. finger motion." Well, I see. I was thinking he just goes right up to them and like inserts himself into the situation and puts our guy Keith in this awkward position where like he's just oh, it's his brother. Yeah, quote unquote. This is my brother. Thomas. Thomas, I didn't realize you were back in town already. I thought you were coming in later tonight to see Aunt Sally on her deathbed. We need to go now. Yeah, Aunt Sally's in bad shape, Keith. We need to get going right now. Do you have a number I could call you? Or, oh wait, she should have had his number already then. No? Yeah, they can exchange numbers now. How can I get a hold of you? Yeah. I really enjoyed this time and I want to make sure that you get home safe. Okay, so... They walk away. The Thomas character. What the fuck you doing, man? You're losing sight of the goal, man. Get your head in the game. Get your, get your head in the game. I'm so sorry. <laughs> we gotta rob this store. And it's gotta happen tonight. But she robbed my heart. <laughs> really, does it have to be this store? Like, haven't you guys been casing the other stores in town while I was doing this one? Yeah, but this place, it's got everything. It's a huge department store. There's so many different things to steal. It's got to be this one, and it's got to be tonight. Joe was walking around town, and the sheriff was looking at him a little too close. We can't stay in town much longer. Yeah, the small town feels there's some fucking outsiders here. So then they go to rob the place, but they get caught. The cops show up and arrest them. How many? How many are there? Let's say three. Okay. I mean, we got Thomas, Keith, and Joe now. It's a small crew. We're going to go in and steal as much shit as possible, but somebody sees them. Turns out they're notor like they're wanted bandits for other stores. The cops recognize their face off some wanted posters. They show up, arrest them, and of course, the store manager has to come down to deal with the police. Who does she see at the police station? <laughs> and she's just so betrayed, you know. Where do we go from here? So they're taken to the precinct. He gets a visitor. Okay. She comes and visit visits him. She wants to know why the fuck he lied to her. Mm-hmm. Why would you do this to me? How am I ever going to get this promotion? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This guy that I've been seeing in town dating just tried to rob our store. It looks like an inside job. How long have they been in town? A couple weeks? Nah, like three days. Okay. These Hallmark movies, people fall in and out of quote unquote love really damn quick. Okay. So... She's sitting there talking. He's obviously distraught because this woman he has grown to have feelings for and was invited into her parents' home and all of that. How could he have done this to her? But also, he had a mission. She's going off on him saying, like, I trusted you. You were a stranger and I brought you into my home. I've given you my entire life story. I thought I knew yours. Yeah. Ooh. She's been fired because they think she was in on it, but they can't prove it. Oh, no. He gets out on bail and goes to meet her. She's having none of it. Why should she ever trust him? And he gets it. She has no reason to trust him, but they've been together. He's fallen in love with her against everything that he knows. Like He does not get connected to people because it's too dangerous for his job. Can he write her a song? Sure. On a stolen guitar. <laughs> Turns out he's a musician. Yeah, he's a musician. Beautiful voice. And he shows up with a guitar, serenades her. She's like, that was really good. I'm still angry at you, yeah. but I'm loosening up a little bit. I didn't even know you had a guitar. Um, yeah, I keep it in yeah. my carry-on. She's like, you stole it. Yeah. Oh, you. Years ago. Years ago. I stole it years ago. And he's like, okay, I love you, and I know I can't expect you to ever forgive me, but I have to make this right. And he gives her back the watch. (sighs) I think that would just make her angry. (laughs) And she is pissed, and 
She walks away from him, slams the door, leaves him outside in the freezing cold. It's not even snowing. It's freezing cold. rain. Oh, no. <laughs> He's just out there. He's like, oh, it's, it's cold. This hurts my skin. This isn't good for my guitar. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess it's not my guitar. It's somebody else's guitar, but it's not good for it. And he turns to walk away and he gets down. It's a, it's not a driveway, but she's got a, she's got some steps up to her house and mm. it's a sidewalk to the road. He walks away and she opens the door. She comes out to him. She's like, I don't know if I can ever trust you again, but you're right. I felt that spark. We have chemistry and we work really good together. We're a good team. Also, it's freezing, raining outside. Come in. No, you- no, no. No. They kiss in the rain because it's, <gasps> it's stupid. He, no, but- hold on, hold on, hold on. They look at each other after she's talking. He chucks the guitar and grabs her and just l- holds her and looks at her and says, I've never felt this way for somebody before. You're my one and only. They make out. Yeah. In the rain. To cap it off as they fall in love. So you lost your job, right? Yeah. Well, I think you're right. We do make a good team. And then it, the movie ends. On a montage, she has joined his life, oh. and like they're just a duo grifting people. They become renowned con artists, yes. and they live a lavish lifestyle, yes, never they getting caught. All kinds of money. It's just scene after scene of them stealing the most money in the most ridiculous ways from people, and you don't feel bad for it because all the people they're stealing from just come across as rich assholes who are just being jerked to them. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> I like it too. I think it fits in with a lot of Hallmark movies. Wait, hold on, the hold on. more successful person seems to leave their life behind for the less successful person. We've got to set the closing scene, though, besides the montage. Okay. It's a sunset on their beachfront house that they used all, they used stolen money to buy. Okay. Hand in hand together, she's holding a baby, and they just look out to the sunset. And I would have never loved you if you never would have came and stole from my store. Mm hmm. And he looks at her, he's like, I never would have believed you'd steal a baby. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. How great would that be, though? If it's a callback to like when she realized that he stole the guitar. Where'd that baby come from? You stole a baby. <laughs> okay, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far because that could get weird, but they're holding their child. They're married. It's their child. Okay, we're going to have to disagree. My director's cut of that film, it's a stolen baby. Fine by me. I think I might have a name for this. You think one, too. Okay. A stolen Christmas. Ooh. Uh, a stolen Philly's <laughs> cheese sandwich. <laughs> yeah, stolen hearts. Um, a, stolen, a stolen pocket watch. Grift of the Magi. <gasps> <laughs> oh, there's so many copyrights with that, though. But <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love it, though. <laughs> <laughs> I love when I stumble across stupid stuff like that. <laughs> I was like, what can I do with gift? Gift of the magic. Oh, grift of the magic. Yeah. That's what I'm going with. Grift of the magic. Done. Seal it. There's our episode title. Bam. <laughs> uh, so, moving on from our shitty Hallmark movie, which is still better than most Hallmark movies. Oh, yeah. So, moving on from Hallmark. I've been back on Quora trying to find some interesting questions, and I was going to try to give some advice on some, but a lot of the questions are just stupid, (laughs) and it took me a while to find any good ones because Quora is apparently very horny lately. (laughs) So the first three questions that I was able to find were all in the little subgroup for friendship, and it's... What's the dirtiest thing you've ever done with your friend's spouse? What's the dirtiest thing you've ever done with your friend's mom? And how do I ask my female friend to sit on my face? And Cora, you need to take a cold shower. You need to step back for a minute, reconsider the actual meaning of friendship, and then come back with some more serious questions. It's sad because somebody probably answered those questions on how to do it. Well, it just bothers me the just the expectation that people have done something with both their friend's spouse or their friend's mom. And then the sit on my face one's just weird. That's, you, it doesn't even have to be a friend. How do I ask anybody to sit on my face? Like, just 
don't. Like, that's yeah. a weird thing to ask. Yeah. And then I found this other one. Is there a way to determine if your partner is a narcissist without a medical evaluation? I would say so. Well, this one bothered me because if you have big enough problems in your relationship that you're wondering if your partner is a narcissist. It doesn't sound like that's your relationship. It doesn't really matter if they've been medically diagnosed as a narcissist. That doesn't give them any excuse to be a dick. Why do you need confirmation that they're a narcissist? If you're dating an asshole, just don't date an asshole. That's really hard for a lot of people to do, though. I get it. That's just, I don't know why having that diagnosis would help. Here's one. I was hoping you could answer. I think it's right up your ballpark. Give some good advice. Okay. Let me know if you need me to repeat it. It's kind of a long question. How can I win my goal as an artist as the same town, a rich businessman, I study in college of business administration. Now can anyone advise me, please? <laughs> so uh, what's your advice for the person? You were, did he say he's a rich businessman? No. Or he's educated no. businessman? I'll reread it for you. Okay. You missed some key details. Did you stroke out in the middle of reading that? Nope. <laughs> How can I win my goal as an artist, as the same town, a rich businessman? I study in college of business administration. Now, can anyone advise me, please? My brain hurts. <laughs> yeah, mine too. I saw that. <laughs> did, did, this, I, did the person writing this have a stroke? I read that so many times. Like, what What are they trying to ask? This one had zero answers, and I don't know why. I don't either. Here's another great one. How can my boyfriend inspire me to not drop out from high school? Why is that your boyfriend's job? Why are you dropping out of high school? Why do you want to drop out of high school? Well, I'm not sure they do, because they want their boyfriend to inspire them not to. Why are you such an attention whore? Yeah. Do you have nothing better to do with your life? Grow up. <sighs> It's not your boyfriend's job to get you to stay in high school. No. They shouldn't be getting you to not stay in high school. Where the fuck are your parents? Yeah. <laughs> this one? An actual serious one. I don't believe you. No, it is. We're not qualified to answer it, but we're going to anyway. Okay. My daughter is gifted, and the school wants her to skip two grades in high school. I am worried about her being with students so much older than her. What would be best for her? I can understand that you're throwing her into a group with a bunch of kids that are older than her. They might look down upon her because of her age. High school's mean. Mm -hmm. They're mean high schools. And they might not, you know, accept her. And there could be the possibility. I mean, there's possibility of bullying anywhere. But knowing that she's going to be with people who are two to two and a half, three years older than her. That might cause psychological issues. She's leaving her friends behind to be with them. I would understand if she was able to skip like a few years of college better than a few years of high school. For me, the fact that she's in high school, it makes more sense than if she was in grade school. I think at grade school, you're so young and still developing. And then if you grew up with this group of friends that's two years older than you, and suddenly all of your friends are getting their license and you got to wait another two years, mm -hmm. that would be weird. But if you're already in high school, the nature of high school, you have mixed classes anyway. Yeah. So I don't think it's going to be that big of an issue other than she's going to get to college earlier and that so she was So she's already in high school. It says they want her to skip two grades in high school. So I'm thinking- Okay, freshman to junior or sophomore to. Okay, I didn't know if she was like seventh, eighth grade, and they wanted her to start like a hot as like a sophomore in high school. Yeah, maybe and I, I know, could say like, that, but for our school here, it's a connected school, mm -hmm. but they're still completely separated. Right. I think if you're already in high school, it's not going to be as problematic because you'll still run into your friends, and you're going to be with upperclassmen anyway. I think it's going to be more problematic when you graduate and then you're off to college. and You're still in that developmental stage. A 16-year-old does not need to be going away to college. No. that's No. I'm all for 
when you're 18 and going to college, not hovering over the kid, giving them space to explore themselves, but 16 is too young. If she's 18 and she got to skip, like, you don't have to take this X amount of years of college. You get to go straight into this. That would be a little bit easier, but, like, if she's, you know, 14, 15, and she's skipping grades, and yeah. I, it's going to be hard on her, especially. Yeah, and if you're a 16-year-old freshman in college, and you're around all these other people that are binge drinking, that's not a good recipe. And if she's that smart, she's going to be pushed to her limits and passed, and being so young and having that forced upon you, yeah. like- you are so talented in these areas, we're going to push you to the max of your study. Yep. You want to go ahead and wrap us up with some Urban Dictionary? Yeah, I've got a good one today. Okay. So this one for our Urban Dictionary word of the day is called Dance on the Blacktop. Dance on the Blacktop. Dance on the Blacktop. That's not the answer, Scotty. <laughs> I have no idea. Dance on the Blacktop. To get stabbed, shanked, or to stab someone, mostly referred in prison. What does blacktop have to do with anything? You're dead on the blacktop. Oh. Like, you're stabbed and you're dead. Oh, okay. Damn. Okay, that's harsh. (laughs) Oh, okay. I'm so sorry. It's, I know, it wasn't that great, but you didn't (laughs) have to tell me. (laughs) Okay. Since Scotty's disappointed with that urban dictionary, I think we'll go ahead and wrap it up uh thanks for listening as usual please share the show with any of your friends you think would enjoy it we have our facebook page micah jiggers podcast uh find us there tell us what you want to hear tell us what you thought of today's episode share what your favorite birthday memory is and your favorite cake yeah cake's good yummy yummy in that tummy bitches tell emily happy birthday Thanks, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and my birthday is going to be pretty awesome this year, I hope. I hope you have a good week, and I hope all of our listeners have a good week. Bye, Felicia. Bye, Felicia's. Bye, Felicia's.